This is back country. You're in back country tonight, and we're taking over the airwaves. You're listening to United Public Radio 107.7 FM, New Orleans. No. Hello. We got Wham here with us. We got Stephanie Quick. We got Christina Giordano. Hey. With us. This is the Bad Santa Christmas. (laughs) Bad Santa. Bad Santa. Santa's so bad. Billy Bob Thornton, the first one's really good. The second one, they really messed that one up. I don't know what happened with that one. But uh, anywho, check out Dead Sky Publishing. <laughs> There's a lot of weird splatter westerns. And uh, and uh, if you want to check out their new Weird West anthology with Joe R. Lansdale and Al Going Back, you can check it out at Dead Sky Publishing. Uh, basically, it's kind of like just a free-for-all, a Christmas party, the last show of the year. And uh, just uh, briefly, uh, coming up January 5th when we return is Eric Grimsrud about your, uh, I know so many of you love Trump, so this whole show is going to be about Trump being the Antichrist and then Napoleonic Napoleonic, Napoleonic type figure, like much like Napoleon or Hitler, and you can see it in his little squirmy little eyes. But uh, that's going to be a whole show, and Eric's broke it down to Trump to mean Mabus and it's creepy. Like there's something to it, but uh, you know, to each their own. And then we got Neil Donald Walsh conversations with God. And that'll be our second show of January when we come back and uh, still scheduling. So, uh, Oh, Christina Giordano. That's right. The third week we got her for a show in, in the guest capacity. And then after that is the Satanist dude. <laughs> Satanist dude. Dun, 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 Satanist dun, dun, dun. dude. Satanist dude. Creepy. I have to act like Gerardo Averida in that one. And that's not easy for me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh so so what's up, uh Stephanie? Oh, there's one last thing I want to say. Mm-hmm. Lately, I've dealt with a lot of Scrooge-type personalities in my life, and I don't want to name names, but it revolves around my work uh, at a, a site I work at and I post content for. This dude just, like, hijacked their bonus and used it to save a preacher to pay his court costs and was like, oh, like, there are Scrooges out there. I'm going through the Christmas carol right now. There are people who make money off the backs of other people and don't believe in trickle down. <laughs> like and this guy luckily i get the re- my regular pay but i i'm like oh three grand in bonus for that he's taken and like hustled off to some weird i don't know it's just insane but the christmas carol it's happening and now hopefully ghosts come and wrestle him from his sheet and anybody else mess with people in a scrooge-like fashion but that's all i want to say is turning my face red but <laughs> What have you been? <laughs> what's Stephanie been up to? Well, uh, I've been hanging. Out, I've been uh, having like lupus uh, in health situations, so I've been uh, kind of dealing with that. And then it's been uh, very cold around here. I mean, it, well, we're in Northern California, so it's been like um, you know, thirty-two degrees, thirty-three degrees at night, which is. <laughs> Not that cold in most places, but for us here, you know, we're not used to it. So I've been trying to keep my mom uh, warm um, and uh, yeah, just getting ready for the, the Christmas stuff and and uh, 
I found out that my uh, rheumatologist is quitting medicine. So I got to try and find a new rheumatologist. And of course they don't have anyone in the county. So yeah, so it's just kind of a lot of life stuff. But um, so you asked if I wanted to come on a couple days ago. And of course I was like talking with you guys and Christina is here. So even better. Um, so, but you said it was going to be about bad Santa or weird Christmas stuff. And so I sent out some feelers to some of my sources and I got some weird, uh, stuff going on. I don't know. First of all, there's a speaking of naughtiness around Christmas time. I have a uh, friend from college, <laughs> naughtiness, Mariana Perlaki. And so I said, uh, she is a Hungarian extraction. So I said, do you have any like Hungarian stuff going on? So she, uh, did a little research and asking around and she found, um, it's kind of like a, a folk custom and you have a lot of these folk customs that are like divination around times when the veil, when the veil is supposed to be thin. Right. So Christmas, uh, you know, it's like the, the darkest night coming up and solstice and everything. So there tend to be a lot of these kind of uh, ghost and divination rituals, but they have a, a ritual that you can perform if you are a young unmarried girl and you would like to know who your husband is going to be. So what you do is on Christmas Eve, you get ready to bed for bed, but you just put on like a shirt, like no underwear or pants or anything. And you get a broom in your bedroom and you start sweeping from the outside part of the room and sweeping in and in and in and in and in. And, in. and then when you finally get it, so you swept all in, in the center of the room, you look out your window and you'll see your future husband. And I'm thinking that, um, I don't know. I mean, you could say that like the sweeping is putting you into a trance and clearing all the obstacles from you and everything. But a part of me wonders if it's just like, okay, if everyone knows about this and you get like all these weird perverts running around <laughs> looking like young girls' windows to see if they can see them like in just, first, just a yeah. shirt. The <laughs> first thing I thought of was uh, Salem's Lot with the little kid floating at the window. <laughs> so I don't know how current that is or anything, but it's a, a possibly charming, uh, possibly uh, felonious <laughs> type of felonious. <laughs> the weirder the better. Tradition. Yeah. So I got some other ones. Um, well, we may as well go there immediately. So I was uh, talking to, um, so do you want to hear about the, uh, spectral pig that was possibly or do you want to hear about pig or do you want to hear about uh the yule logs of the catalan area of spain spectral pig. sure <laughs> okay let me go with the pig first yeah, yeah. sure because there's a pig <laughs> thing happening there's a pig in the room. Exactly. This is kind of, well, it may be disturbing for her, so you may want to uh -oh. hold her little ears. <laughs> okay. So uh, I had reached out to some people, and Simon Hesselager Johansson uh, is a, a very sweet man and an artist. And he and uh, Thomas, I think, Brigson do a project called Hid Denmark, which is um, a kind of art and tourism travel uh, 
project about all these interesting spots in Denmark where there have been like UFO sightings or elf sightings or um, standing stones, different things like that. So it's a lot of fun to go check it out. They have pictures and descriptions and maps. And then Simon makes a lot of drawings uh, and paintings of these uh, events as well. So it's fun. So he told me about um, a, something from their area. It's called the Glosso or what's it called? The, uh, the, glowing, the glowing Sow, I think. Um, and, uh, basically, uh, Carl Schuker is a blogger and he talks about a lot of these like strange cryptids and animals, like uh, winged cats and stuff. He has an article on the Glosso and, um, Simon sent it to me and then my mom read it to me. So this may not be exactly perfect in <laughs> every fact about these ideas, but the idea is that like back in the medieval times, when um, in Sweden, when they were building a church, they would uh, have a sacrifice for the foundation, right? There's this very old idea that you have, have a blood sacrifice that is knit into the foundation of these important buildings um, as kind of like a guardian of the area. Now, it would either be a human sacrifice or a sow, right? A female pig. So the idea was that this uh, sacrifice was meant to... Um, kind of bind the spirit of this pig to the uh, church and the churchyard as a protective spirit. So most of the time, uh, I guess they're pretty chill with what's going on. But around Christmas time, these um, wild boar uh, spirits become like uh, ghost pigs that um, unless you are... Uh, uh, confront them in a particular way, uh, they become very aggressive and will try and attack and um, and uh, pursue you. I guess that they will uh, chase people. Um, and the, the, main the main highlight, I don't know if it's really a highlight, but their uh, main, uh, let's say, method of attack is, uh, first of all, they will snort fire and they're trying and aim it like directly for the, uh, the butthole as you're running away. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you're then when you're slowed down by this burning sensation in your nether regions, they kind of come under you. And you know how a lot of wild boars they have like that line of bristles, so they're trying to get the line of bristles like right up under the taint and take oh you out. I guess if you are brave enough and confront them and stand your ground. Um, then uh, it, it's possible that you can have be, be granted uh, wishes or have some type of divination. Um, you're able to kind of uh, see the future of the next year. And it's like a bunch of like uh, slides going quickly in front of your face. That's supposed to be how it is. If you're brave enough to uh, kind of stand your ground with these uh, glowing uh, sows that come at you. And uh, otherwise they um, are known to... Uh, Gnaw, they, they like to, well, you know how pigs like to eat. I don't know if anyone watched Deadwood, <laughs> but it's like a uh, Deadwood scenario. With no, I, yeah, I can kind of <laughs> see that. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And then they also like to sharpen their tests on the edge of the gravestones as well. So, um, yeah, I guess pigs are known for that. My, uh, I don't know if I've, it seems like this would be something I would have told a story on this show before, but I don't know if I have. My dad's dad um, uh, lived most of his life in Fresno, California, which is in the great Central Valley. And um, 
but it's close to the foothills of the, of the Sierra Nevadas where you have a, a lot of agriculture and everything around there. And in like the forties or fifties, he was called to be on a jury. He didn't actually serve on the jury, but he was like sitting there for the voir dire and everything. And the circumstances of the crime were that these guys had gone and they had uh, gone to like a ranch and they had tied up the owner who was an old guy and left him in his house and while they had robbed it and then they left and they left him tied up and they knew there were pigs there and uh, yeah, uh, so they were, they were, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, being tried for murder. Uh, yeah. So you got these ferocious pigs running around. <laughs> See, you know, that just, you know, I know pigs cause my, like my grandpa raised hogs mm -hmm. and you know, Hogs can be really good little pets, you know, they because they're smart and they're, well, they're bud, but they're, they're smart, but they can just be vicious too, you know. They're like people. They are very much like people, which is why I, I, why I think I can't eat them. I feel like I'm committing cannibalism. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, um, it's terrible that they uh, taste so delicious. Apparently, people do as well. So, ah! <laughs> in case anyone is worried right. about overeating, oh, all right. <laughs> they're not. They're called long pig for a reason, <laughs> or we, I guess. Huh? But uh, yeah, if anyone was worried about uh, overeating at uh, at the holiday season, just play this on repeat because the next one is not going to want to match your appetite either. <laughs> So I was. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. So, um, I was talking. Now I want to credit her as inspiring me on this. Uh, Willow Truman of the Nonsense Bazaar. If you like weird topics, that's a great show, and they have a big archive. So I was chatting with her about um, this recent uh, trend for um, coffee enemas on like TikTok and stuff. The new twist is that people, well, it's mostly like these white, like white ladies. Uh, <laughs> She's surrounded by white ladies. Okay. <laughs> are demonstrating um, in real time, like on a live stream, how easy it is. To oh my God. Minister for a little pick me up, I guess. I don't, I mean, it's supposed to have like 8 million benefits and be very spiritual. He's <laughs> like, Anyway, you can don't search it. <laughs> I saw an article about people hitting their face, themselves in the face with a hammer, like in a new trend. Oh. Like it's like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Nothing good. <laughs> At any rate, manipulation. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know. This one lady was talking about. Oh, and it's like you almost have like a almost. Uh, instantaneous release of toxins it's like well yeah that's the whole idea behind any enemy so <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is very naughty okay <laughs> where did the first vanilla go yes how is this related to uh christmas Yule. you might ask you all the you this <laughs> You so in the this season, the season you might ask. <laughs> yes. We've been so. like on an eggnog Evan Williams binge. It's like this eggnog in a bottle that's got like rum, whiskey, brandy. Mm. Oh, that reminds me. I have some Jim Beam over there. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. 
It sounds delicious. I haven't had any Jim Beam. Last few nights I've had it, and I have to be careful. <laughs> so, continue on. In the so Catalan, in the Catalan region of Spain, the Catalan region of Spain, they have um, elaborate nativity scenes. You know, you I mean, you have them all over the world. Um, Christian countries where you have, you know, the baby Jesus in the manger and all the, the three kings and uh, Mary and Joseph and the angels, you know, everything, the farm animals and everything. But they have an extra uh, figure called Al, uh, El Cagane, which translates to the defecator. And it is usually, uh, well, it started out as like a a farmer looking type of guy just kind of wearing like a white shirt and dark trousers and a traditional Catalan uh, red kind of beret hat. And he is uh, popping a squat and dropping a deuce. And <laughs> popping a squat. <laughs> I've never heard that one. <laughs> that just made me, you have to understand, now that I have chickens, that is, that, that, that's like a very specific visual. <laughs> because you kind of walk around and they just, they'll just be walking around, they go, and it just comes out. Or every now and then you'll see it come out slow and, you know, it's like, I don't know if you've ever seen a cloaca, but it looks like a little pursed mouth. And yep. it sort of goes, it sort of goes like this. I don't know if I can do this. It sort of looks like it goes, except the trunk comes out. It's really funny. It's like, you know, you have the funniest of whatever. Well, this is this is this is a naughty time. This is this is not this is only this is this is paraparanormal, quasi paranormal, <laughs> paracloacal, <laughs> paracloacal. Yeah, boy, that cloacal, cloacal, So this is like the traditional. I mean, you know, you think of that. I'm not even drunk, people. I'm like on no drugs. At all. <laughs> is this the Christmas spirit? <laughs> we've uh, we've been lately watching some uh, like Christmas horror movies. There's some good ones. There's uh, Rare Exports, which is on Screenbox, but it's by it's like a finish, I think. But the guy I haven't seen that. I've always wanted to see that one. It looks good. really good. It's on Screenbox, it's pretty cheap, like five bucks a month or something, mm -hmm. with a lot of weird stuff on Screenbox. Mm -hmm. But basically, it's about like a, a Santa Claus that's pretty much like the ferocious eats children, and they catch it, and then it gets crazy. It's definitely insane, and like one of those that you should like watch every December. But uh, another one that we just saw that came out, something's in the barn, and it's uh, Norway, and basically mm -hmm. all these like. Like you know, the yard gnome typical look of the yard gnome. The, this it's elves in the barn and they go crazy and attack a family. And it's like all these bearded elves everywhere, but it's from Norway. But uh, there's some good ones. Krampus, that's a good one by the guy that did trick or treat. Like, we like to find there's some good ones. You can turn Christmas into to Halloween real quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, that's that's actually true because a lot of the you know, when the Catholic Church did all of their sort of machinations of trying to get people to to worship and do different things, mm -hmm. a, a lot of the a lot of the real pagan stuff 
like from um, Samhain or from, from May Day, mm-hmm. got moved to um, around solstice because solstice was the one holiday because it's close to Christmas. It was the one holiday they couldn't get people to get rid of. And so what you find like in the English tradition and in the German tradition, you find, well, actually the Scandinavian tradition too, you find that it's really around solstice, you know, the period between what we would call Halloween and solstice and that you do get that really dark stuff. Um, it's where Krampus comes from and why Krampus is associated, you know, with Christmas. It's because it's in the first part of December, but it's part of that whole process. It's, it's, it has to do, well, you know, Odin, you know, Santa Claus with the reindeer and everything. Um, that's, that's um, derived from the wild hunt, Odin's wild hunt. Um, which are the, the which were the blasts of wind of winter that would come in, and so you know the, the reindeers, the reindeer um, or the or the eight reindeer are, are is was was sort of interpreted from the eight legs of Schleipner, Odin's steed, oh, you know. So you know the the image of of, of uh, Santa Claus that we have is a combination of several things. Um, you know, he wasn't even depicted as having red clothing until the late 19th century. And that was a marketing thing, actually early 20th century. And that was a marketing thing in the United States. In Europe, he often wears uh, blue, blue or gray or brown clothing like Odin would. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, you know, if you think of Odin and who Odin is, you know, that's kind of the prototype for Santa. Yeah. <sighs> Which, you know, is a lot darker and kind of, ah! Well, it's the whole, um, oh, first of all, before we forget, I wanted to see if you guys could see, here's one of the traditional caragnier, but they also make them of celebrities and superheroes and, uh, well, here's Batman. I don't know if you can see. It's just people pooping. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because um, it started, I guess, like back in the 1600s that they started producing these. And then it, it just became a thing, I think. You get these scholars are trying to say, well, it was a reaction to the Baroque art form of the time because it was like too frufy and they wanted to ground it or that um, that it's like a fertility good luck thing. Like uh, you would fertilize the fields. And so it was just be like fertilizing uh, the uh, Christmas celebration. So it's a good luck thing. <laughs> it's like the anus is like a portal to all good things or something. I don't know what they're trying to do. Oh, oh, oh. Whoa. And now we were like right there. Okay. Class. We always end up in poop somehow. It's just a poop. Okay. It's going to be our last show ever. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> okay. what, what was that? Uh, what was it called? The little statues again? The technical name? El Caganier. C A G A N E R. And it's funny because you you'll see that they have these. Um, I went on this one site and they have, you know, just like hundreds of them. They'll have like uh, everyone from like Obama, uh, Dumbledore, Wonder Woman, down to just like local sports 
uh, stars and stuff like that, or you know, politicians. Just a little statue of someone pooping. That's basically the the long and the short of it, and it's been going on for hundreds of years, and and it's just you, like humanity, a, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but uh, oh, uh, one thing I wanted to say really quick, so I don't forget, is there's this place that uh, Christina told me about, Citizens Position to Stop Animal Cruelty. <laughs> And it's basically a place that took down this beagle farm where they were doing crazy, insane experiments on dogs that are just sick. I called and prank called that place. And I said, hell's coming. And then next thing you know, they really got shut down by this place. And the place is called uh, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. That's PCRM.org. PCRM.org. And they basically go after these crazy sicko places that do crazy, crazy. Like they had like basically <laughs> dogs like Jack, my dog who passed, just doing crazy like Nazi stuff. Like from the, you know, camps on these dogs, like weird stuff, just sick. So this place takes them down. That's PCRM.org. You can donate and get more stuff from them. But Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Oh, that's good to know about. Yeah, that's crazy. Like I couldn't. That, I mean, just as they they tore that place down, and and they were basically just doing crazy stuff, like starving them, and just weird, weird, weirdness, for sure. Um, so, is there any particular movies y'all like to watch during this time? Anyone for Christmas, like a movie that <clears throat> needs to be watched? Oh, I'm not a good movie watcher. <laughs> <clears throat> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I don't think. What do I say? Do bad Santa, but not every year. Yeah, I saw some. Oh, you know what? Uh, I was looking at it. There was some article uh, talking about Chris, un, more unexpected but good Christmas movies, and I, I remember that the apartment. If you guys know that one uh, with Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemmon, <clears throat> actually is a Christmas movie. How it ends up, and then Fanny and Alexander. I haven't seen that one in a long time. I saw it in the theater, but Ingmar, uh, Ingmar Bergman's movie. Mm -hmm. And it's a, uh, basically it's very much about his childhood and uh, uh, possibly foreshadowing your guests coming up in uh, January, Jeffrey, but it's the uh, uh, Fanny and Alexander is like him and his sister and their, their little kids, like pupubescent and uh, their mom and dad uh, run a theater troupe. And it starts out at this Christmas dinner and it's just like, you know, paradise, magical, hilarious, gorgeous, um, you know, a lot of love, a lot of fun. Actually, there's a great scene where like the one uncle who's kind of old, older and fat gets all the kids at the top of the staircase and he runs down and up and then he runs down and up and then he runs up you know, the third time. And this is like takes place in like the early 1900s. And so the kids holds the candle and he farts it out. <laughs> Say more butt stuff. <laughs> I don't know, but um, but yeah, and also, of course the kids. This is like the highlight of their lives in this movie. But um, so it's like very paradisal. Uh, then his father dies unexpectedly, and his mother ends up uh, marrying this guy. And you know, it's up in the, I, I guess he's Swedish, Ingmar Bergman. Uh, very uh, austere, fundamentalist, abusive man, and it's just like you know, it goes from like you know, heaven to hell, and um. <laughs> then uh, he he dies in a very uh, terrible way, and and they're reconciled with their larger family and stuff. But um, 
Yeah, it's a really good uh, Christmas movie, and it's it is uh, very dark and dealing with like the dark side of religion too. So, what's it called? Annie McPhee. Annie McPhee? Uh, Fanny and Alexander by Bergman. Okay. Yeah, it was one of his uh, last movies. Actually, yeah, I've I've heard of that actually. It is it is really good. Yeah, I and it's I mean it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. I mean, obviously, but very lush, uh, very austere. Uh, yeah, a very uh, he dies in a really awful, horrible way. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's a good uh, one. But other than that, I'm not. <sighs> My mom and uh, my husband watch a lot of movies and a lot of TV, and I, I'm just like not a good uh, person that way. And uh, recently, uh, Stephanie and Wayne, we saw that weird Bigfoot post on uh, Facebook. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. I, I was yeah. trying to, like, I tried to look up those people when I don't see anything on there about them. So I was wondering if it's like AI or is it a real dude? Like, I don't know. Was I have like, no idea. I mean, it sounds like something. I mean, you, you know, you read enough reports and you you see enough of what people post online, and I I would believe that someone would um, post that. But yeah, it was like what basically they felt the spirit of Bigfoot, and it was like Jesus Christ, and then that spirit of Bigfoot asked them to put on some Christian songs, and they felt blessed. According something to like a fan, a giant like. A lot of Bigfoots came and they had like a, a Christian jamboree and played Christian songs. I think someone made it up, but I was trying, that's why I was trying to find the accounts. So I, I mean, you know, maybe like a 1% chance it's true. I don't really know what my first reaction to is this BS, but what's weird though, you can't find the accounts anywhere or any of those people like uh, they don't exist. So it was just weird because the Bigfoots were like Zorf and they were calling them. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Great name. <laughs> like somebody's tripping but uh and the bigfoot want to listen to christian gospel like <laughs> that's the first i've ever heard of that <laughs> like uh put on some uh christian music it's me zorf it's a bigfoot <laughs> yeah zorf zorf zorf, zorf. zorf. Yeah. <laughs> most of the time i hear these preachers talking about if you say Bible stuff to them, they go away like they're Nephilim or something. So I was just, it's a different point of view that I usually am not used to. Yeah. <laughs> Pro Christian Bigfoots. But I mean, anything's possible. Who knows? But what's weird is there's no accounts. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it has more credibility if you have someone who's, uh, you know, over time is kind of sticking to their story and you can kind of see that. But yeah. And I'm sure people like to put um, weird stuff out there just to, amuse themselves <clears throat> that's one of the things that i've been thinking about uh about this show because of course i always like to have a theme i can't just say a bunch of weird stuff randomly <laughs> so besides <laughs> defecation the other uh theme i was thinking of is like, besides defecation see she always has to bring it up <laughs> besides defecation <laughs> You have like hoaxes and deception. Right? Oh, yes. Yes. That's all about it. Playing tricks on people. Playing tricks, disguising. You know, when um, I lived for probably about 15 years uh, in a, it was like a mother-in-law unit. So it was like there was like a ranch house. And then we had like the kind of apartment that the guy who lived in the house had built um, 
actually for him and his wife, it, but it was two stories and then she got really bad uh, heart disease. So they stayed in their house and rented out the, the unit that we were in. It was, so it was really beautiful and these oak trees and everything, but his daughter was living with him and her son. And so part of what was great about our unit is that it had um, a, a, a couple of different kind of attic spaces where you could store a lot of stuff. So every year for uh, when Christmas would start to come around, uh, Kevin, Dorian's son, would have, you know, his regular presents, then he'd have his Santa presents. And they would have like Santa wrapping and like Santa ribbon and Santa uh, pen. I mean, everything was different from the Santa stuff. And so what we do is that uh, we had, we'd like kind of shared kind of a carport space and we had a, a washer and dryer there. And so Doreen would put everything like in the, in the dryer and then I would take it and I would put it up in the attic. <laughs> so yeah. he had to, I think he was going to go into like middle school when finally they had a lot of cousins. His cousin had to pull him aside and say, okay, look, Santa, if you start talking about Santa at middle school, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So we got to bring you up to speed. But we had like such a system down for like from the time that he was just like, you know, two or three up until he was like 12 or something. We had him completely. Strong. And he would be like tearing their house apart. He'd be, oh, kitty. Hi, sweetie. He would be like, you know, going in our backyard. He would be like looking in our windows and everything. But we had him snow. But it's like this whole idea that the the whole basis of the magic of Christmas, right? Like in America and a lot of places is that, you know, you're, you're pulling the wool over people's eyes, right? Yeah. You're yeah. basically lying to the people nearest and dearest. <laughs> there is a show that I listened to and it was uh, in like 2012, I think on this American life. And uh, yeah, it's called, it's number 482. It's called Lights, Camera, Christmas. And it's about a family called the Mutchlers. And it has stuck with me for all, all this time. Um, the dad's name is Glenn. And then they had three little kids. And so Glenn would get these people roped in. They lived in a house and there was like a wooded area. And then there was a golf course. So there was kind of like this area. He would hire people or get in touch with people like friend of a friend to dress up every year like you know like in tatters and like all whatever and it would be like uh chris kringle was coming and he was helping santa and he was trying to find their house and they so they have like some weird kind of like you know uh disheveled the old guy with a beard with you know stuff and furs on him and everything coming in like you know from the woods trying to find them. They spot him in the woods. He, they might invite him in. And he had this whole lore about um, Chris Kringle and helping Santa Claus and what it's like up at the North Pole. And there was this way, you know, this things like, uh, uh, it, you know, he'd come in, the guy said, could you turn the lights down because I have snow blindness from being up at the North Pole. I mean, it's like really very elaborate. I guess the best year, that they all remember is one year he came in and he had um, gifts for them that was just like vegetables. And then he pulled out these bones and he said, this is this bone is that this is the bones of Rudolph, the reindeer. 
and it's a whistle and I use it to call the other rangers. And so he was blowing on it and they couldn't hear anything. He's like, no, it's like a dog mm. whistle. Only the reindeer can hear it. So of course these kids are just going apeshit. So it's like this huge elaborate thing. However, now the, the two kids that are younger, a uh, 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 boy and girl, they ended up enjoying it and liking it. But the one kid, Adam, really bought into it. He would argue with everyone until he was like 13 or 14 at school. He'd get in fights and everything about Santa. And then when it finally came out that, you know, this was just like a holiday thing, he fell out with his dad. He's still, he's like, he was like in his thirties when this was recorded. And he's still like, you know, the people that you love, that you trust the most were lying to you for like a decade, <laughs> decade. He's still not over it. And the thing too, is that his dad won't admit He's like, well, things happened. You have an experience. And it's just, I would encourage anyone to listen to it. It's really wild. Um, but it gets at the whole thing that, you know, it's like, well, it's so wholesome when we're doing all these special things for the kids and everything. But that there's like a tension in there of, you know, how do you handle it? Some, I mean, most kids, you know, they handle the disillusion. They handle finding out about it. You know, they, they're able to integrate it. But then you have other things where it's still like a huge schism in this family. He won't talk to his dad in his 30s. I would love it if they would do a follow-up show on that, because I've always wondered, you know, would the dad ever, like, give over and admit that, yeah, maybe this wasn't, like, the greatest way to handle it for this decade because he won't talk to me for, like, a decade. And what's that show called? It's This American Life, and it's from the archives. It's uh, number 482. It's called Lights, Camera, Christmas. Huh. And it's one of the segments. It's only it's only like about, I don't know, a quarter of an hour long. But, um, I mean, just like the whole lore and experience of, you know, this like this guy kind of stumbling in, and he's like snow blind and has these bones, <laughs> like turnips. Weird. I, yeah, but then also that, you know, how it handled, uh, how it ended up uh, shaking out in this family, that it was just like this huge betrayal is how this one son puts it, which is terrible because like the other two kids are like, yeah, it was like super cool. We really loved it. So. Sounds interesting for sure. We, we, we had some interest lately in the dog man stuff and watching a lot of documentaries on that on Tubi. Tubi has some pretty mm -hmm. good ones. American werewolves. There's mm -hmm. one's Skinwalker, Ragaroo, Rogaroo mm -hmm. or whatever. Then there's another one. Oh, dog man triangle, which is, mm -hmm. uh, basically it's, it's just interesting. I know Christina's told a story where she woke up dragged out of a tent when she was younger, like felt like, like something tried to take her out of the tent while she was sleeping and woke up out of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, we recently were going down a highway near here and on the right hand side saw a strange uh wolf like creature but i don't know we don't know what it was but it was definitely weird and golden mm -hmm. with strange hair and i i haven't heard of wolves being here but it was like down in the in the gutter or whatever on the side of the road looking for something and mm -hmm. then i know a lot of these shows that the natives talk about a lot of their the people see them on the side of the road looking for roadkill but it was just a weird thing but the the weirdest thing about those documentaries there's a lot of witnesses that are telling stories 
And one guy's anonymous, and it's from Small Town Monsters, which is that Seth, Seth Breed love and all that. Yeah. And, and uh, he, he's anonymous in telling how he, he peed himself uh, from an experience. It sounded pretty good, but it's just interesting. I know Linda Godfrey, and there's like a whole town that uh, we're getting reportings and keep taking it serious and the sheriff like collects them and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. it's just, I know the dog man seems harder to believe than Bigfoot in a lot of situations. So for some reason, it's just kind of harder to swallow, I guess, but there's something to it. You know, uh, Claudia Ackley, uh, she died not too long ago, but she was a big, uh, Bigfoot researcher. And uh, she is the lady who, I don't know what happened to her lawsuit, but at one point she was suing the state of California because Oh, she's... that's right. That's right. Yeah. I remember yeah. a long time ago. I remember yeah. that. But she had an experience actually of a Bigfoot with her two daughters and um, uh, one of her daughters actually did also urinate because she was just so frightening. And it was interesting because um, I was listening to one uh, interview that Claudia did about the, that experience. And um, she was talking about how they could they could see the Bigfoot running and it was running like through duff, you know, like dried leaves. She said you could see it running, but you I think it was like you could see it running, but you didn't hear what you would expect to hear with the crunching and, and kicking up of the leaves. So I thought it was interesting because that kind of points to like uh, more of a, a less physical Bigfoot. But um, but you know she was just reporting what happened and what she experienced she wasn't trying to make it like fit into you know one particular um pattern or another and she she was very uh big on that there was a physical element a physical threat so um yeah i was really sorry to hear that she passed but i think something like that that really shows you that you know something has happened to you know scare someone that bad so how did she pass? I thought I heard heart attack or something weird like that. Something strange. Yeah, I didn't hear. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, she wasn't super old. Yeah. So I feel for her family. And then uh, Rosemary Allen Guiley, uh, yeah. Godfrey. There's been a lot of the site situations <laughs> that are weird. Yeah, nope. David Perkins. Uh, oh, that's what I was going to say. David yeah, Perkins, man. that one kind of wrecked me a little bit. I, yeah. I guess I didn't know that he was ill. Yeah. Because he, like, before, right before he died, like the week before he died, he and I had had a conversation yeah. online. Yeah, he was, uh, he, he was one of those people that, uh, <sighs> I, I always try and uh, hold him up as like a way to, to interact with and treat people who have these uh, interests because he was always very, um, very thoughtful. And if uh, he was having some type of conversation, some you know, somewhere with a bunch of other people and he felt like uh, I would be interested or would have something to contribute, he would make sure to tag me. And if I didn't uh, say something, you'd say, Stephanie, blah, 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 you know, and I thought, what well, you know, he had, you know, and many other exciting people to talk to and everything, but, you know, he would uh, cultivate people um, who had a similar interest, even if he didn't have like the big names or whatever. And uh, it made a big impression on me. I thought he was very kind and uh, he just, you know, liked trees and, and nature. He was a real interesting guy and, and, uh, and admirable too. So yeah, it's pretty, yeah, awful. <laughs> but, 
Did you want to tell your story about the tent, Christina? About the tent? Yeah, tell, tell a story about the tent. I can. I feel odd because I was just telling, I told that last time. Um, but basically, I didn't wake up thankfully being dragged out of the tent because that would have been more traumatizing. But I woke up with half my torso outside of the tent. And I knew that was odd enough to know, you know, being raised how I was by a hunter and so on. Anything yeah. that would have pulled me out would have woke up other people in the tent, probably sadly eating me and not dragging me out. So it was just, it was a very weird situation. So, but even at the time, I thought it was probably a Sasquatch. I don't know why that came through my mind. How old were you? What that was. I was in junior high and I yeah. was at, at Mingus Mountain in Arizona, which. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be a very, I mean, all of the U.S. is, but very, like, Native American spiritual, where even my mom, who's part uh, Cherokee up there, her drums play once. First. There wasn't anybody there physically, at least, like, playing, but she heard them. So there's something to it. I don't know. And what, what was your, uh, about the wolf that we saw, whatever it was we saw that was weird? Um... Well, basically that night we were supposed to do the show together and the guest canceled. And so we shifted gears and decided to go run over to Walmart and do some business we needed to get done as always. Like, let's go do more work. Anyway, so I had last thing I wrote down on the paper where, again, there's no such thing as a coincidence, right? There's synchroniz synchronizations or trying to get you to see, I think, stories and see that things are very similar. But wrote down dog i hate to say dog man because I, I don't think it's specific i'm sure there's like a female version of it but i just wrote dog man on there and within five minutes of driving outside of little graceville florida on the way to chipley on the right it's all fields out there in the middle of nowhere land looked over to the right and saw what looked like a wolf but in where the area we're in i knew right away i was like we don't have wolves here that's not a coyote it's a really big coyote it's like again logically trying to figure it all out in my my nursing brain and yeah i just thought okay dog man i understand like, what I <laughs> I just think, like we need to quit talking about these things like it's not a joke like i told him about the shows he watches sometimes where it's like um it yeah, logic big. screaming that we need to stop pretending this is not a thing. <laughs> oh, I don't want these things coming in to speak with me anymore. It's not funny. Like, like I'm like the person trying to like, stop talking about being anally probed. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and back somewhere from Arizona, he has like weird issues going on where I'm like, are you ever going to listen to me? No, no. So anyway. Exactly. And, I have to put stuff on it, like, <laughs> and tells me to do it. I said, you know, Freud would love our conversation because it always comes back <laughs> to buttholes. <laughs> it's like every single thread of our conversation has eventually made its way to a butthole of some type. <laughs> Arches don't have like a built-in window wiper from the creator, like some, something better. Maybe that's the portal. That's what we're supposed to understand, like yeah, the gutter, and that's the I reflection it, of the I, world. I call it everlasting ass when I have to wipe. <laughs> I'm like, come on, like mad about it, like yeah. You know.
I tried the bidet thing, but no, that's not a good idea. Either. I've tried to no, tell him. <laughs> okay, no joke. While I'm in Arizona, I'm a nurse. He doesn't ask me, what should I do with such and such? So he has to go Google it, which makes no sense. So what does he do? Put petroleum jelly in his rectum. Okay. Um, we I'm gonna, <laughs> we're going to go there. I'm the nurse. So he doesn't ask me. Well, I'm suddenly feeling. I'm suddenly feeling like I'm. I'm in a. I'm in a. I'm in a fat life con conversation. <laughs> I am bundling up out there. It's like I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> Ask me. I said, don't put petroleum. Do not petroleum in your butt, Jeffrey, to try to fix swamp butt. And the only thing going on with butt. <laughs> <laughs> You're just denying that closet all day. <laughs> <laughs> Ever seen Doom Patrol on HBO's Crazy Superheroes? There's an army of butts. <laughs> like it's like they escape from a government lab and there's like an army of butts. But, uh... And Jeffrey does like watching shows with very weird things. That's all I'm gonna say. He makes me go, "What the heck?" And I ever, I never thought I would say that. And then he doesn't <laughs> go out my "What the heck" door. No. A lot of times there's a, there's a shows that I don't realize what they are, and then they are. Like, there's this movie He's called, trying to take like, back what state, state was that movie? The Sinful Dwarf? Like, it's yeah, some crazy movie. About it. It's like a Norwegian, like, weird movie that's from the 70s, and I saw, I saw a dwarf on the poster, and I was yeah. like, well, this looks interesting. It turns out it's like a weird porn, like, from the yeah, 70s. Yeah. The dwarf's like doing stuff with his cane. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> but it, look it up, the sinful dwarf, or not? This is basically the show of things not to Google. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even going to. I, I remember. I, I'm in this one group that's called. Oh, what is it called? This one Facebook group that's called, um, I, oh, I can't, what is it called? Something about, a, oh, hold on. I'd have to, I have to look it up. It's, it's something about, suit, something about a suitcase, but we'd, we, but we'd have to burn the whole suitcase instead or something. Um, or, or this one, Satan, Satan shuffles papers. Well, F. I don't even have a form for this one. <laughs> um, oh, here it is. There's a lot. This is the name of the group. There's a lot to unpack here, but we should burn the whole suitcase instead. That's the name of the group. And um, at one point, somebody posted a posted just a link and said, "Don't go to this link, or you will be sorry." <laughs> What did I have to do? I got on my VPN and went to the link, you know, and I was sorry. Yep. It was, it was basically felt life for people who have sex with animals. And it was like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to know this. I don't want to know this. I immediately left, left. Well, my, the my favorite is when you have these, um, uh, you know, kind of uh, fetish posts that show up like uh, they used to do this a, a lot on Reddit. It's like it'll be like unpopular opinion. And, um, 
you know, it'll be someone posting about some kind of fetish thing, but it, it's a kind of plausible deniability. And so you get all these responses where people are trying to interact with this uh, idea in good faith. And then at a certain point, someone goes and checks this person's profile and they're like, oh, my God. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know. It's yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah I've, I've, I've been guilty of that. It's like the whole goatsy thing, which if anybody, some people in the internet universe will know what that is, and some of you will not. And I'm not going to tell you if you don't know. <laughs> it relates to the show's theme, though, however. Yeah, it, it does in an odd sort of way. Yes, it does. It does. Which, yeah. you know, interestingly enough, this topic, this topic that we have set first yes <laughs> i've been i i actually got an interesting request i you you saw the interview that i did with leilani um mm. and um as a result of that interview um and as a result of an inquiry that somebody on one of her facebook uh, groups made um i interrupted the what seems to be the interminable length of of a blog post that i've been working on <laughs> um, because it's it's just too heartbreaking for me to actually figure out when it's going to be done um to work on um something that i actually know a fair bit about mm -hmm. But I've just never talked with anybody about it. And that is the the, the subject of ice magic, how to work mm -hmm. with ice as an mm -hmm. element. Because in the Northern European traditions, I, ice is sort of um, it, it's sort of understood at least in the occult in the occult um, practices of groups like uh, the the Brotherhood of Saturn. You know the Fraternitas Saturni. You know that uh, um, Stephen Flowers talks about, and the you know um, Dragon Rouge and and some of those German groups. Isis really, and certainly in certain Rune groups, um, Isis seen as kind of like a fifth element. Okay. And um, and certainly ice and icy things um, figured intensely, obviously in in the mythology and lore and folklore even and magic of uh, you know folklore magic of of northern europe and so i actually have a fair amount of information about this and in fact um the last time i talked to stephen flowers um it wasn't the last time um, jeffrey interviewed him but the last time that i was there and talked to him we had sort of an off the air conversation i don't know if jeffrey remembers this but before we got started we had sort of an off the air conversation about um, ice magic and he told me that uh, there was actually a fair amount of work that had been done in like um the, the Brotherhood of Saturn on, on ice magic, but none of it had been published. Oh. You know, none of it had been translated or published. And like, I don't know what that material is, but anyway, so, you know, but I've, but, you know, years and years ago, I realized that I had been working with ice a long time anyway, just sort of instinctively. That was something that I had always kind of done. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then when I had my first rune teacher, she had told me some things about the about the beings that are associated with ice. You know, we call them giants or frost giants or Jotun or actually in Swedish, they're called trolls. 
That's mm-hmm. where we get the word troll. The troll, it's more like troll. Um, and um, in my research, um, you know, it, I mean, because when I do, when I do like a teaching presentation, mm-hmm. I, it's rather than just a blog, I feel like I have to give people resources where they can sort of check some of this stuff out themselves if they want to. And, mm-hmm. and, and for me, it need, they, the resources need to be easy, you know, where people can actually find these things instead of some of the weird esoteric stuff that I do. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And there's this woman, um, she's, a, she's a YouTube influencer, and she is a, she's an artist, and her husband is a silversmith, but they live in a rural area of Sweden. Mm-hmm. They in a small village outside of a small village, and she does this real. Her name is Yona Yona Yinton, mm-hmm. and she does these really beautiful. She's also a photographer. These really beautiful um, film um, film uh, montages and and uh, and photo photos and and sound recordings of ice and mm-hmm. of just the kind of the landscape that she lives in, in Northern Sweden, which is very rugged and very um, uh, intense. Like there's this, they live by the villages by this big lake. And in the, in, in the winter time um, when it freezes, and of course it's far enough North that, you know, for three months out of the year, the sun never sets and it never really rises, you know, at the darkest and lightest times of the year. And she goes out there in the winter when that lake starts to freeze over and she takes um, audio tape of the sounds that the ice makes. And it's yeah. really creepy. It's really interesting. But in this, but so, so she kind of leads you through the different seasons and, and some of the holiday stuff like around Christmas, that is some of it, which is very clearly, um, very clearly pagan in origin, like St. Lucia, Lucia day um, where, uh, you know, the, the woman leaves the house and, and, and walks around wearing a crown um, topped with candles, Yes, you know, to bring the light back in. Um, but there's this one, video of theirs where they talk about how every they only hear this mostly in the winter time they don't hear this so much in the summer but behind their house they live outside the village this very tiny village um near where the there's a blacksmith that lives near them but behind them there is this huge forest it's massive. He, the, her husband sends up a drone. You can see how large it is. It's massive. It's huge forest, just untracked forest. Probably has never been chopped down or anything. Just massive forest. And they talk about how it's really creepy in the forest and that at when, in the wintertime, you can hear voices coming out of the forest and really strange sounds. And so they've begun a project where they go out into the forest at night for a little bit and set up recording um, instruments and to see if they can capture any of it. But apparently they've tried to venture into the forest and they can't stand it after a little while because they feel like there are beings that are watching them. 
And, um, but it mostly happens in the wintertime that they hear this, you know, um, in the, in the deep winter. And, and then she's also had this really interesting experience, not this, not this that long ago, just a few months ago where, um, there's this one area that's to the North, even further North from where she lives called there's a little town called Abisco or something like that. And, and it has these really interesting, um, mountains that have been sculpted obviously by glaciers at some point, you know what I mean? Huge when, when, when the whole area was nothing but, you know, covered by ice caps. And she, she had this really strange experience where she was looking at these mountains and they're beautiful because they're sculpted in these really odd ways, you know, um, and kind of almost looking un, unworldly. Uh, and, and she does a really good job of like showing them. This is all on YouTube, by the way. So her name is Yona Yinton. It's J O N N A J I N T T I N, I think, or T O N. <clears throat> anyway, if you just say her first name, Yona, you'd probably find her. But she had this experience where she was looking at the mountains. And all of a sudden she felt them. She felt them humming in her head. And she realized that it was like the consciousnesses of the mountains, you know, and it's, it's that, that's, that's the, that's the power of what used to be called like frost giants and rock giants um, because they were the protectors of those realms. And, um, <clears throat> and that's, you know, just like the indigenous people here where I live, you were, uh, you were told that in the wintertime um, you were not to go out wandering around by in the woods or in the mountains by yourself because not just because of wolves, <laughs> which were, are, were there and European wolves are, were, are bigger than, than um, um, North American wolves, but because there are other beings that live in these places. And, is that uh, the lady that did a spirit song, a Nordic lullaby, J-O-N-N-A-J-I-N-T-O-N? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. She's got a lot of stuff in there. I mean, she's, in some ways, you know, she's a YouTube influencer, so some of what she does is very fashionable, you know what I mean? She kind of looks like, you know, she's a very beautiful young woman, so she kind of looks like the stereotype of some Nordic chick, you know. But but she actually does some real stuff, too, you know. And and a lot of the recordings that she makes of the ice. And, and she also shares with people how difficult it is to live in the winter there, you know. I mean, and they live in much better circumstances. They have electricity. They have some plumbing. You know what I mean? I mean, they have to keep all that stuff up, but they do have that. If you think, and, and they, they have to fight to keep that stuff working. Um, but if you, you know, it's, it's, it's like a balmy day when, when it's zero degrees outside, I mean, that's, you know what I mean? Um, they also, they also have a really wonderful dog, by the way. He's a very cute. I, whenever I watch her videos, I think of you, Stephanie, because the dog is very, very cute. I mean, they've named him Nanook, which I consider to be. It's like, oh, please, you yeah. know. But, but it's yeah. like, you know, what kind of appropriation is that? But, but he's a good dog. That is. Uh, speaking of resources, if people want to read 
about a sense of place and mountains and spirit of mountains. There is a fantastic book, uh, Living with a Wild God by Barbara. Oh, and I'm blanking on her last name. Okay, hold on. Uh, I'll look her up. Yeah. Um, she's a very uh, prominent, uh, popular writer. Um, but in that book, and she uh, did a lot of writing on politics and uh, kind of popular science. Oh, Barbara uh, Ehrenreich. Yes. Thank you. Yes. That book is about her uh, experience of a mystical, some type of consciousness in the Sierra Nevada mountains as a young woman and how this drove her um, a life purpose ever since, uh, just trying to confront this uh, experience of this consciousness. And what really struck me about that is that um, when I was growing up, I, my family went camping in the Sierra Nevadas a lot uh, when we were growing up. And um, I had uh, the same experience of that presence of just the, that consciousness of the mountains. And um, it's fascinating because the the Sierra Nevadas are also very glacially influenced right. because, um, you know, they were they were carved by glaciers. If you look at like the famous uh, uh, shape of uh, like Yosemite Valley, Kings mm -hmm. Canyon and stuff, these were uh, carved by glaciers. Complete, very dramatic. And you, you feel the presence of the the, uh, the welling up of the, this granite. Right. Forming all these uh, uh, mountains. But at the same time, like the presence and the absence of the, the glaciers and, and the snow. And it's like you really feel like the it's almost like ghost glaciers um, because they, there's their glaciers are gone in most of the Sierra Nevadas. Um, but you still have that, you know, a presence of them everywhere because they shape that land. And it's funny, too, just because. Um, uh different uh, approaches about the forest mm -hmm. because when we were camping it's like the forest never felt like really threatening but it's when you get above the tree line that things get really dicey in the Sierra Nevadas because then you're starting to get like a you know a very high altitude and right. um, that trouble are, breathing and stuff exactly yeah right. it becomes right. a lot dicier um actually <laughs> wait, wait. I'm going to tell a story that is uh, kind of terrible, um, but it fits with our theme. My brother is a big outdoorsman, has been for all his life. Now he works as a fly fishing guide. Um, many years ago, he was, and this is like before GPS and everything, where you had to, it was more like a compass and, and maps. He was hiking up in the back country of the Sierra Nevadas, uh, backpacking. And uh, one morning he got up and he was above the tree line, right? So it's just like, you know, bushes and stuff around. And he was on this thing. And so he was kind of uh, doing his morning stuff. And he sees uh, uh, two women that he doesn't know. They're like, hi, how you doing? He's like, hi, how you guys doing? They're like, well, we're lost. We've been lost for a couple of days. Do you know where you are? He's like, yes, I know where I am. I can, it's like, can you help us? He's like, yes, I can help you get a... Uh, you know, sorted and everything. And they were like, you know, he's, I don't know. He's just like some guy. I mean, he, he doesn't look like super scary or anything. He's like a big guy, but it's like these two women were just like glommed onto him. Like right away, they'd been lost. They were completely turned around. They were panicking. It's right. interesting. You know, when you talk about people who get lost, 
I think this kind of speaks to um, that they were just like immediately, okay, you, you're going to help us. Um, you know, how desperate you can feel when you get lost, you know, at out, it was like, on like 10,000, 12,000 feet or something. And they've been lost a couple of days. Um, so uh, they're like, okay, you're going to help us. You know, you know, they, they, you know, he was like their knight in shining armor and he's like, okay, um, just let me finish what I'm doing. And they're like, okay. And they're just like, won't take their eyes off him, which as it happened, um, he was popping a squat. <laughs> They're just like waiting for him to be done. (laughs) And of course, you know, it's like at altitude, so you get dehydrated and everything. So it's kind of like, you know, twiddling your thumbs. But he helped him out, which I think speaks to their desperation that you just see some guy you don't even know just like hauled off the side of the trail. You're like, help us. Who cracked but he's big because he's a stand-up guy. <laughs> well, no, the reason that it, it's really, really funny to me is that, um, and I've talked a little bit about this before. I can't remember where. I think it was with Barbara Fisher. Uh-huh. Um, my favorite, like, my favorite set of stories, like. I've got several different types of favorite indigenous stories, but some of my favorite ones are the ones that um, are, are, are um, Hopi stories about grandmother spider because grandmother, the way that, you know, grandmother spiders is a really powerful entity. She's like the most powerful entity, like for the Hopi. And, but you always meet her or you frequently meet her in the following circumstance when you're going to the bathroom oh and, and, and you're in the middle of it and, and you, and you hear a voice that says, and you're thinking about a problem, you know, I mean, what's yeah. fascinating about these stories is that whenever this happens, the person who is going to the bathroom is always, always has some problem that's occupying yeah. their mind, you know, which which tells me that the whole phenomenon of thinking on the toilet is not unique, you know, to, to the West. You know, it's so funny this is a sink because the, when I was talking about the apartment that we lived in that was built for uh, Carol and Carol said, I always get all my greatest ideas on the pot. <laughs> right. Well, anyway, anyway, in these stories, they'll be thinking about whatever their idea is and doing their business. And they'll hear a voice that'll say, could you move over a little bit? And they'll look down and, and grandmother spider is appearing to them as one of those trapdoor spiders. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, uh, and um, because tr- the trapdoor spiders hang out in those places where the bathroom where where they go to the bathroom because that's where the bugs hang out and so that's so so basically she'll be like finish up and then when you're done you know first she's saying don't poop on my house and then she then she's like when you're done put your foot you know come down and see me and the person's always like I can't, you know, the opening's like this big, you know, tiny, tiny little opening. And uh-huh. she just, she'll say, just put your foot down here and twist your foot. And so you do. And it's just like flu powder in Harry Potter. All of a sudden, <laughs> you're down at her house. And then, and, and then she, I know. And then she like tells you exactly what you need to know. Like if you need to go see grandmother, grandfather rattlesnake for some issue 
She knows exactly where to find him, exactly what offerings to give him. Exact, you know what I mean? It's just because she because she created all of it, so she knows everybody. So there's this one story about this guy, this kid who um, is who wants to help his village because his village is being attacked by like this ogre, like by like this monster, mm-hmm. and. But nobody thinks that he can do anything about it because he's kind of short and misshapen and ugly. But he but he doesn't want, you know, he wants to try to do something in order that people will think better of him, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole thing happens to him. And she sends him on this. Well, and this ogre has carried like all these people away, you know, these beautiful young women away and these men away. And so, uh, but, but grandmother spider tells him like who's been doing it and where he lives and what he needs to do. And I mean, the way that the story unfolds, it involves, it involves, um, having, I mean, it's just bizarre. It involves shape shifting and somebody having sex with somebody else until they kill them. I mean, it's, it's like, it's just, it's like one of these stories where you're like, Oh my God, you know, but, but, but then in the very, at the, at the very end, he gets the girl and, and liberates all the people that have been, that haven't been eaten yet by the ogre and his wife, because that's what the ogre and his wife were actually doing was capturing people to eat them. And it's just, I, you know, I love these monster stories. That's so wild. I, yeah, I, and you only tell these stories again in the winter time, mm-hmm. you know, after the harvest, when um, when it's raining or there's not anything to do, not very much to do. I mean, here in the here in the Northeast, you were only to tell stories like that around this time during the darkest time of the year, because that's when all the beings that you're talking about are asleep. Yeah. So you can talk behind their backs. You can talk behind their backs. <laughs> Otherwise, they're going to hear you talking, and they're going to come, and they're going to, oh, they're talking about us, and they'll come to your door. <laughs> like the, like Christina, the dog man. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I want to get back to the ice magic, because one of my oh, yes. um, favorite, because uh, it's related to the Aurora, uh-huh. one, of my, uh, one of my favorite um, books is uh, Seven Gothic Tales by Isaac Dennison. And one of my favorite tales in that book is The Supper at Elsinore. And it revolves around, and she was a, a Danish author, and this is taking place in Denmark, kind of in the Edwardian era, but also kind of outside of time, because um, this story revolves around like a, a folk uh, tale that they're in the town of Elsinore, there's a river that runs through it. And on... Um, some winters the river will freeze across freeze over and uh when the river is frozen like that then you can receive um visits from ghosts ah so there's these uh two um sisters who are elderly who are living there and when they were very young um they were very uh beautiful and very uh socially active and everything but they suffered from horrendous melancholia so they never um, actually married anyone and so they've just been kind of uh, 
existing kind of outside of time and that, you know, like never buying anything new or whatever <laughs> it, in for like many decades, um, they'd had a very dashing uh, brother who uh, broke many hearts, you know, very uh, handsome, athletic, uh, charismatic, who had disappeared when he was young um, and they never knew what happened to him. So they've been kind of in this state of suspended animation for decades. And then uh, one night, um, the, the one winter, the river is frozen over and one night they're sat down to supper and uh, their the ghost of their brother comes and visits them. And he had gone on to go out and be a pirate and do all type of um, exciting and terrible things. You know, he like lived a very uh, active physical life and died due to murder or something terrible. Um, so there's that contrast. But then, the, you know, that uh, the supper ends when you can hear that the ice starting to break up and, and you hear uh. the cracking of the ice. Um, it's very, if you like uh, gothic stuff, I cannot re recommend that book enough. It's uh, very... Uh, eerie and uh, strange, but I I always thought that book was very interesting because it gets into much like the properties of, like you say, of elements and then of particular um, like environmental uh, weather meteorological conditions. Um, we've been having in the last few months, I, I follow some Aurora chasing accounts mm -hmm. on Twitter and we've been having a lot of coronal mass ejections that then when they hit the Earth's atmosphere, um, they'll make these incredibly beautiful auroras. And some of them have been coming up very low. We had one about a week and a half ago that uh, we had some aurora just um, like maybe a half an hour from here at Sears Point, um, which is very unusual to, to see it around here. I saw the aurora once actually in my apartment that I talked about um, earlier. Uh, but that's the only time I've ever seen it. Uh, anyway, what's interesting to me, a lot of people have noticed this, is the relationship of sunspot to kind of uh, psi expression, right? You're going to get more telepathy, uh, more synchronicities, uh, more PK, uh, more ghost reports, possibly UFOs. All this type of stuff will tend to kick up when you have the uh, increased sunspot activity. And... Um, I've known a number of people online who have been having some sink storms recently with all, all the uh, Aurora activity. But um, interestingly for me, I have a, a guy I know online who uh, a very nice, very creative, who has like an ongoing kind of a mystical and erotic relationship with his uh, uh, girlfriend who had died a number of years ago. And he lives in an area where it's like, I mean, it's pretty taboo in most areas. He lives in an area where it's very taboo. Um, but we talk and stuff. He's a very creative, uh, fun person. Um, but part of his problem is that he can only experience like a connection with her at certain times. And at other times mm -hmm. it's kind of like you're thinking, but that person is not there. I mean, I think, I don't know, I think it's just like, you know, in physic physicalities. I mean, sometimes things don't work where you can meet up with the person for whatever reason. But um, there was, I was about a month or two ago, he had a visit from her un unexpectedly, uh, a nice connection with her. And within like 24 hours, he had met a woman uh, 
And she met, uh, she mentioned that she also has an ongoing relationship with her husband who is deceased. And she had had a visit with him like in the same amount of time. And this is when they were having auroras right over where he was living mm -hmm. intensely. So I thought that was kind of interesting that, um, you know, you had the, these people, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, that he was able to have this visit from his uh, girlfriend, which isn't, but then also that he would meet this woman who would just also say, it's kind of like a synchronous thing that they would come together and be able to have that exchange about how they both had uh, those visits. So I don't know, there's something about, uh, and then of course the, the uh, auroras tend to be brighter at, at the, like the North Pole or the poles, because right, that, well, that's right, where exactly. the Earth catches that energy. So, yeah, uh, yeah, the um, this Yona that I was telling you about, she mm -hmm. has some amazing footage of the aurora borealis, which I've never actually seen in its yeah. full spread. You know what I mean? I've seen yeah. like where I live, it's not uncommon for if you're if you're out of the out of you know, um, pollution, yeah. uh, light pollution, to be able to see some of it, you know, to mm -hmm. see, see kind of a glow because mm -hmm. I live far enough north, but mm -hmm. um, I've not yet seen it in its kind of wispy, full curtained glory. Yeah. I've not seen that yet. And I understand that in person, when you're actually looking up at it, it's so three dimensional yeah. that it really can't be captured in, in film. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. I would love to to experience that. It's beautiful. Um, beautiful. Oh, one yeah. thing I wanted to say: I had a nightmare, and I don't normally have like remember dreams or nightmares, but yeah. there was a weird uh, pink demon trying to eat me, <laughs> and it was like it was very weird. It was like it had a big eye and lots of little eyes, almost Lovecraftian weird, and little hands. It was mm -hmm. like the whole nightmare was me. And I think it was a gay pink demon because that's, that's the impression I got with the pink. But uh, which you know, you know, that's it, sound, it sounds kind of like a weird trumple gooch. <laughs> but basically, I was holding it back in the nightmare like three or four times, and I don't know what it was trying to gooch me or what. But I didn't. It didn't get me. But it, I was scared when I woke up. Like yeah, I was out something felt weird. And I, I, I felt strange about, you know, it made me feel like sick. I was like, was that really like a demon trying to eat me in my, my nightmare? Like, I don't normally remember anything. Like that. Yeah. So, when they have that, that dream hangover can be really a creepy feeling. Yeah. Especially with that. And when you're holding it like back and you know, you, you it seems real. Like, yeah. like Freddie. <laughs> yeah. But it was a weird pink demon. If he's gay, that's his business. I'm not. He can go be gay with another pink demon, but he seemed like he was definitely messing with me on some level, whatever it was. That's what I mean. It sounded like a trumple gooch. It sounded like a trumple gooch cher uh, cherubim or seraphim or whatever has all the eyes. Exactly. Yeah. It was like kind of a little too biblically accurate for. Yeah. It's sort of like a cross between trumple gooch and progonoskis or something, you know, from, from a wrinkle of time. No, a wind in the door. That's what the wind in the door. Like yeah, I don't like food with eyeballs. And, and I might. <laughs> these are kind of like a fear that we're taking. 
Yeah, so it's like he's dealing with some weird butt monster that he's scared's attacking him. All I know is no joke. I was awake in my weird bewitching hour between midnight and 4 a.m. And that's when it happened, probably around three. And I was doing laundry around the corner. And I felt this awkward anxiety. I couldn't breathe. And I didn't know where it was coming from. Even talking about it, I'm getting that same feeling of anxiety. And I was like, where is this coming from? I can't breathe. And then he comes around the corner right then shaking. And he goes, I'm having a nightmare. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. And, and then he tells me what it is. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Okay. Me too. So. I was surprised. <laughs> it's a pink demon covered with eyes. <laughs> Isn't there like a, a yokai in Japan that is like a it's like a big uh, butt, but it has like an eyeball there. <laughs> That's totally what I just thought of, and I've never seen that. But yeah, it's almost like his deep fear is coming after him, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Let me get my dildo. I'll, get, I'll beat its butt for you, okay? Well, well, rightly, I'm having a lot of hemorrhoidal uh, exactly. and wiping like, issues. I there's always something to this. <laughs> Maybe my butt wants to be sexual and I'm not letting it. And it's just like that. <laughs> See, that's the, root, that's the root of this entire conversation is a Jeffrey's butt. Sing show tunes. Oh, God. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I don't know what's going to be in it, and it turns out, oh, you know, something, you know, everything, every show's like that lately. <laughs> it is what is like what? What is every show like? I don't know. Like, we've had some good shows, Jeffrey. The, 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 <laughs> we've had some good ones. TV shows. Uh, what was TV that shows. one you told me about? Oh, TV show. Like, the show. The Julia Child of Sex Magic? I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I can just see, <laughs> see Stephanie's like, oh. <laughs> Who's the Julia Child of Butt Man? <laughs> you know what I think? I will never see you the same again. Why did I just see that? How long has that been up there? Did you put it that up there? Or did Jeffrey put that up there? It's it's been my Twitter handle for for years because um <laughs> I got on Twitter like I didn't have any followers or anything and like my mom and my sister and, and my brother are on Twitter and my mom and my sister are, are both well my brother too they're all like really good cooks really good my sister's been like professional uh a baker for a lot of her life and everything so it was just kind of like a way to uh to to you know uh differentiate you from the you know, so kind of making fun of you know kind of a joke for my family but then it stuck and then I, then I forgot it was there, and then you know more people thought it was hilarious. But I, I do uh, believe what I like about Julia Child is that, um, you know, she started becoming more prominent when she was older. But uh, she has this uh, great attitude that um, you know, if you just want to uh, put in the time and um, you know learn and practice that you're going to be able to uh, come up with these techniques and and uh, dishes and experiences that are um uh 
you know, enjoyable for you and, you know, whoever you're sharing them with, instead of like feeling like, well, especially at the time she wrote, it's like French cuisine. It's like, you have to go uh, someplace special and spend all this money and, well, you know, you, you might not, whatever. She's like, no, you know, you can do this for yourself. And so I like that approach to, uh, for sex magic, well, sex magic especially because you know then people you know well, have and, that well can people get so hoity-toity about sex magic you know yeah and sex okay. magic can be pretty basic I just it's just I I, I will <laughs> never forget like I used to watch her show yeah and and she you know she would film some of her mistakes mm -hmm. and and one of the one of the funniest things I ever saw was she was doing some kind of a a dish with a really big fish and she was going to show you like how to fillet a fish mm -hmm. and so she had this like i don't know if you saw it, it's like a massive tuna i mean like it was a ginormous fish it was probably three feet long it was huge and it was and she you know wrestled it up onto her onto her cabinet or you know where she was going to do it and she 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 flipped it up there and it got away from her and went <laughs> right the right the right the garbage pail <laughs> and she just she just was she just handled she goes well whoop and then she just picked it up again <laughs> You know, it was just, but it was just her, the reaction. It was, it was great, you know. And I suppose that's a, that's a great approach to sex magic. It's like, well, that didn't work. Okay. Let's you try this one over here. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, yeah. She had a, a great, uh, a great attitude. And uh, yeah, she's like focusing on, you know, you may as well like enjoy life and, uh, and what you're up to, what you're doing. So, yeah. So, but, but yeah, mostly started as a way I thought, you know, ha ha, my poor mom when she sees this on Twitter. Was she really a spy? Because I looked that up and there is stuff about her being a spy. Yes, no, she, she was. She was. Yeah. What? <laughs> she also worked during World War II to help develop uh, shark repellent. Huh. Because, you know, they had for like the Navy and stuff. But yeah, she worked for the intelligence agencies. Yeah. Yeah, she worked for the um, um, the OSS, which was what which was what the that was what it was before the CIA it became the CIA. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. Sure, I was going to ask you, Wham, what's going on with Mercury Retro? What other planets are going on right now? What oh. other planets are going on? <laughs> All the planets are always going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, the planets are constantly happening, okay? Um, <laughs> I'm blinking in and out of existence. <laughs> just, just a second. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, just yeah. The uh, I think uh, if I remember right, that Mercury retrograde, which um, I think I think it's in. Hold on, I think that it's in um, Gemini right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mercury. Oh, now Mercury's. No, Mercury. I was wrong. Mercury's retrograde in Capricorn, um, which means that, and I've already, I've already experienced some of that. It means that, um, you know, you're going to get stuff done. Communicate. You're going to get. I mean, communications are going to happen, but they're going to feel like that it takes forever. You know, like you're going to have to like communicate things seven times and be very concise and careful. Um, and, and um, <laughs> it's just going to take longer to do crap um, is what it is. Venus is in Scorpio mm -hmm. right now. 
Um, uh, Mars is in Sagittarius. Um, Jupiter is retrograde in Taurus. Hmm. Um, it's been in Taurus for a while. It's been in retrograde for a while. What's interesting is that in in um, um, December and early January, a lot of planets change. So that so for example, Mercury is in retrograde. Um, it comes out of retrograde in January thirteenth, I believe, but it enters Sagittarius on the twenty third of of uh, December, which will change its energy quite a lot. Um, we'll make it more annoying. Um, <clears throat> uh, Venus is in Scorpio, but we'll enter Sagittarius on December 29th. Mars is in Sagittarius, but we'll enter Capricorn on January 4th. And let's see, what else is anything? Oh, yeah, this Uranus that's also been retrograde in Taurus will go direct January 27th. And Pluto has been in Capricorn, but will enter Aquarius for quite a while. Um, Pluto, Pluto, Neptune, and Uranus are like um, generational signs. Yeah, yeah. Generational planets. Um, so um, Pluto is going has been in Capricorn for uh, a few years actually now, mm -hmm. and but it will enter Aquarius on January twentieth, and I would imagine. I'm just going to guess, but I would imagine that there's going to be some major uh, political issue or change um, around that time. Trump, Hitler. Uh, and that, well, no, well, maybe, but I mean, I think it's going to, you know, I think ultimately Trump is only important to us. Um, he's not important to the rest of the world. I'm talking about stuff that's going on in the Middle East, stuff that's going on in the Ukraine. I'm talking about stuff that actually has bigger world import than, 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 than Mr. Tiny Penis Man. Um, because I think that he exaggerates his importance and we exaggerate his importance. And that's part of the reason why he's a problem. Amen. Um, so that's kind of what's going on at the moment. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, is it usual for that many planets to be in retrograde? It's, uh, yeah, that's that's normal. That's it's it's actually very normal. It's more normal for planets to be in retrograde at least one or two than for them not. It's more unusual for them to be um, all direct. Mm -hmm. There's almost always one, at least one in retrograde. And this and uh, the Mercury, this last Mercury in retrograde. This is the last one for a little while the one that we have are going in right now um, is usually two or three a year. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but this year I have <clears throat> the mercury and retrogrades. Usually they don't bother me too much. I just can sort of ignore them. Um, <clears throat> but for some reason this year, they've been a little bit more. And I mean, a little bit more marked in the sense that, that it's like very distinct things have happened. Like, like when, when mercury went retrograde this time, it was like, I just had these bizarre things happen that didn't make any sense whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And and the more I tried to fix them, the more they didn't work. So basically, with one of the problems today, I just thought to myself, you know, 
I'm not going to try to fix this. I'm just going to try to do, I'm not going to try to fix it. What I'm going to try to do is just, just kind of shove a little bit more energy at it and just start over. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Mm-hmm. I did exactly the same thing that I'd done before and it didn't work. This time it worked. Mm-hmm. Who knows why? Yeah. Yeah. I had an incident like that this morning, actually. So that's kind of weird. Yeah. And, and it had to do with communications, but not electronics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it's it, it had to do with, you know, so. But, you know, Capricorn, when Capricorn touches things, stuff happens. So <clears throat> anyway. Well, now we're going to sing a Christmas song. Okay, go ahead. Hey, bells ringing. Before the show ends, I have to add something. Being a Virgo and representing Mercury. Okay. For Jeffrey, the Capricorn, you know, he's multiple good things about him, but he always tries to blame Mercury for everything. And it's like, excuse me, Mercury. Mercury shouldn't be blamed because we're trying to bring up things that need to be dealt with all the time. Well, he's trying to run away from everything. So I'm like, let's deal with the things. Because, again, you don't deal with it, right? It'll come back up again, even mm-hmm. as a nightmare. Well, here's and, and, well, here's here's the deal, Mr. Jeffrey Man. I don't know that this is true, but if it is true what she's saying, here's the deal with Saturn. Here's the deal with Saturn. Saturn says that if you do the work, if you do the work, you will get the reward. So whatever, whatever work you not wanting to do, you're actually keeping your reward from you yourself. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, cause I've, cause I've got lots of Saturn in my chart. I mean, Saturn is like right up my butt since we've been talking about butts mm-hmm. and, and, I have to deal with Saturn every day mm-hmm. and um, you know, I have Capricorn rising Saturn and Capricorn in the first house, you know, I is lots of Saturn. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you do the work, you get the reward. What are they saying? Saturn's going to lose its rings. I, it not, it not during your lifetime, sir. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking millions of years. The rings are only a few million years old. I mean, when the I mean, when the dinosaurs were around, like the peak of the dinosaurs, I don't think Saturn even had rings then. The, the rings are temporary things, temporary no adornments. Huh? Yeah, there's some discussion about it from science sites and stuff, but. I didn't know how serious it was. Or yeah. <laughs> I think it was one of Saturn's moons and it got pulled apart. It got too close or something. I heard an ambulance and um, an emergency. I heard a whistling. I don't know what it was. But... Oh, we have one We're right, right next to the uh, main high, uh, highway up and down the valley here. So we always get a bunch of sirens. Yeah, occasionally the fire alarm here, the fire station that we're right next to goes off and, and then it'll sound like it'll sound like sound like an air raid siren, like right outside the house. And, uh, I just want to say you listen to United Public Radio 107.7 FM New Orleans and we'll be taking a break after 
uh, this show for a few weeks and be back January 5th with Eric Grimsrud for the Pure Shipper Von Trumpelgood show. And then we'll have Neil Donald Wash, Conversations with God, and then Christina Gargano, uh, and then the, the Satanist dude for January. And then and, the Satanist dude. Yeah. And uh, the big thing with, you know, I'm glad to take a break. I get burned out. And the biggest thing I get burned out with is scheduling. Like, there's a lot of publishers that I've I've worked with for years, and they've never had any problems ever. They just, like, stop talking to you. I don't know if they just say, we're not scheduling people right now. Just ignore you. Like, I've had that happen a lot, and there's nothing bad that's happened. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird. It just happens, hmm. I guess. But then a lot of people being late for the show, not the time zone mess-ups. It's just... That's the part of it that's like, oh, it burned out. Oh, crap. After 16 years of scheduling. <laughs> but it seems worse, definitely, this month for some reason. Like, it's just been a circus. But I got January figured out, so at least I got that. So what what's going on for Christmas with you? What's going on with Wham and Stephanie? <clears throat> We're going to do Celebration Eggnog. I, we don't we don't do we don't do Christmas so um, I, I mean I seriously I mean I think I think Alan's family is probably going to be in the vicinity but I avoid them studiously not because they are terrible people because they are not terrible people but I just really don't like Christmas and so um, I, I just really don't like the expectations surrounding it um, so I, I and, and I'm tired to me. It's like, I take all, I t I'm taking 10 days off and I need to rest mm. for my job, you know, mm. and I don't need to be dealing with lots of people or being expected to cook or, you know, anything like that. So um, I'll probably do, do some kind of solstice thing, you know, like the end of next week. Cause solstice is what the 21st, 22nd, something like that. So I'll probably do something like that and it'll be private. And, and then I'll be done. And then I will spend the next week having uh, sleep, sleep and eat and, and um, Star Trek marathons and Battlestar Galactica marathons. And then I'll probably go visit a couple friends and have fun. And that's it. Cool. That sounds good. Oh, I not, wanted to say just, just fun. Just fun. Yeah. The the earth has been chatting at us and uh, I've been enjoying it. I'm terrible. At, I can't uh, like talk and like read at the same time, which I feel terrible with because they have that capability on these things now, but I'm like, I can't do it. Oh yeah. oh yeah. There's, there's the chat. There's the chat. The earth has been chatting at us. Hi, Hi earth. Z, Z sun dragon, the earth. Protect and love the earth. Yay. And, oh yeah! Uh, oh yeah! By the way, if 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 you are all interested, oh, Rachel, hi. <laughs> if you are interested in ice magic, I will be recording something about it this weekend, and then hopefully it will be done by the end of the weekend, and I can put it up. It's not going to be like a regular blog. I may announce it on my blogs, but I'm not going to like reproduce a transcript of it like I usually do, because some of it, it this is not like a regular blog. This is like a teaching presentation. Mm -hmm. um, but um, if you if you want to kind of get into the the spirit of 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 all of that, um, 
when it's cold, this is what you do. When it's cold and the wind is and the wind is up, you go outside. You go outside and you and you and you you face the wind and you allow yourself to get as cold as you can stand. Mm -hmm. And you in and you listen. And it's good to take an offering because that's that's how you um, avoid being picked up by the wild hunt. Frau Hilda, Frau Hilda, Frau Hilda. You know, it's interesting you're talking about the wild hunt because, oh, first of all, the earth said that Shirame is the butthole eye yokai. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I'm glad someone knew that. I know we're we're blessed, um, because uh, we're just gonna have like, uh, you know, it's terrible. We get like a box, uh, holiday holiday meal from like Whole Foods or Safeway or something. It right. Just, yeah. Right. 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 Which is which is fine. My brother might come down, but my uh, dad and uh, my bonus mom Doris came uh, last weekend. And they have Swedish Valhund dogs, Pi, and then they have a puppy, Ludwig. And these are dogs from Sweden. They're kind of like the ancestors to the corgis. They're like low. They look like real short, like German shepherds or something. Mm -hmm. they're, an they're an ancient breed. But they were bred to um, herd everything from ducks all the way up to cattle. Wow. Which means they have like these horrifyingly piercing uh, barks. <laughs> but I have been <laughs> They're really smart. They're great. They're gorgeous. They're very, very furry because they're up there in the cold. Um, but I had known Pi since she, she's several years old, since she was a, a little puppy. But I hadn't seen her for quite a while. They came over in with Ludwig, who's like the 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 new dog that they have. And and he's so mellow and sweet and he's really beautiful. Um, but it was so funny seeing Pi because she got so excited and she was like making all these unusual noises. I think she was trying to say, I've missed you. And this is the new, this is the new dog that you need to meet. Ludwig is really great. So that was that was a lot of fun just for a Christmas thing because my uh, especially Dora, she just do, she does Christmas stuff. It's so fun because you go over to their house. They have this cute craftsman, and uh, she has everything from like um, you know that they have like the tree special lights. Everything from like she'll put up like a, a shower curtain that's like uh, Santa taking a shower, and like you know you look in the corner and there's like a cute little uh, a candle tea light holder and it's like a little mouse dressed up like an elf. It's, it's just like everything. That's like that all the kitsch. Oh, it's just so funny, and she'll have like a big uh, dinner and and you know some champagne, and they have they collect like a carnival glass, so like you know the beautiful uh, cutlery and and table setting, and it's just like overall. But it's so fun because you get to go there, and she just you know some years she won't do it, but other years they just like go all out, and it's just so fun to go over there and and experience all that. And I haven't been over the last few years because of. Um, you know, just like uh, responsibilities and stuff like that and COVID and everything. So it was really fun to have them over and, and see the, the dogs from the snowy north. <laughs> I have a, a, a small neurotic chihuahua, Oliver. And it was funny because we were like on the deck and he was like, okay, this is way too much for me because he's only like seven pounds. So he was like staying inside the house with my mom. And they were like watching each other through the like sliding glass door and they weren't barking or anything. And they're just like, hmm. So, but that was enough of that for, but so that was my big Christmas celebration. 
Well, uh, what are you gonna be? What are you gonna be doing, Jeffrey Man? Well, lots of uh, eggnog and uh, food, and uh, lots of Christmas entertainment. Lots of music. Lots. Maybe take a sits bath. A what bath? A sits bath. What's that? It's like you have you uh, fill the uh, the tub or a yeah. bucket or something with the kind of like warm water, some Epsom um, salts, and you soak the affected area. Yeah, we've it. been doing Epsom salt. Uh, I call it his grandpa sits. <laughs> I call it the bum bum bath. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, thanks uh, to Christina, thanks to Wham, thanks to Stephanie, and thanks to everybody who's still listening after all that butastic talk. Thank you to appreciate it. <laughs> Buttacular. Everybody but have a good Christmas and uh, watch out for the Chinese cyber attacks that are happening. And hopefully <laughs> World War Three doesn't break out in nuclear holocaust. Have a good weekend, everybody. We'll catch you January 5th when we return. Take care. Keep on watching the apocalypse. Bye. Good Happy night, New Year. Everybody.